CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Monday, July 6th, 2020. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. I am Dave Biddle. I am happy to be joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, a lot to get into on today's show. Let's break down the Big Ten in 2020. What's going to look like this year for the Big Ten in football? Let's start in the East. Do you think it's Ohio State and everyone else? Do you think Penn State might jump up this year and threaten the Buckeyes? Maybe Michigan? Just how do you see the East playing out this year, Steve? Well, there are a lot of people who believe that Penn State is a top 10 team, and obviously them hosting Ohio State makes them a dangerous uh, contender uh, to try and knock off Ohio State and Ohio State's three-year death grip on the division as well as the Big Ten championship. Uh, They have a new offensive coordinator, Kirk Ciarocca, and uh, their offense was actually pretty good this past year. Uh, Sean Clifford took over as the quarterback and did a bang-up job So I'm interested to see if they can take things to another level. Uh, James Franklin, uh, I think he deserves some credit. Obviously, he's won a Big Ten championship, been to the Rose Bowl, uh, won a uh, New Year's Six game this past year, although you have to put a star by it because it was Memphis. But uh, at any rate, um, he got a a long extension, lucrative extension, and he's going to be there. It seems there were some flirtations. They thought maybe he'd jump off and go – to USC or something, but it looks like he's there for the long haul. And uh, you know he's burning. Uh, He beat Ohio State once, and he is burning uh, to beat Ohio State, win the division again. And to me, that makes them very formidable, particularly with the game at Penn State. We don't know, obviously, as we sit here on July 6th, whether there'll be any fans at any of these games or how many there may be. But uh, just the idea of having to go on the road uh, is tough enough. Uh, They gave Ohio State the toughest game they had in the Big Ten last year, an 11-point game in Columbus, and it was a game where Ohio State had it under control and kind of messed around in the second half and let Penn State back into it. But, uh, you know, if it's not them, you know, who is it? I think Michigan State with Mel Tucker is going to be pretty good down the line, but I don't know if they're ready right now. Indiana has played everybody tough for two, three years now under Tom Allen, but just hasn't gotten – the breaks it needs to uh, to move up into the top three. And, of course, dancing around Michigan here, everybody wonders, you know, they've never been elite at quarterback all the way back maybe to Chad Henney in the mid-2000s. And uh, is this the time? We've got a couple of candidates at quarterback there. Is this the time where they jump up and uh, can, can reclaim their spot theoretically at the top of the Big Ten? But uh, I, I don't know if uh, – if Harbaugh is ever going to do that or not. 
I was going to say, what are your thoughts on Harbaugh? Do you feel like his job is safe? If he loses to Ohio State again this year and they have to come to Columbus, he will be 0-6 against the Buckeyes. Yet I get the feeling, Steve, it would take some type of like embarrassment to the program. Not just – you would think losing to Ohio State six straight years, including all of – assuming they blow him out this year, all of the games will have been basically blowouts except the one in 2016. 2017 wasn't really a blowout, but the Buckeyes handled them pretty well in, in Ann Arbor after Dwayne Haskins came in for JT Barrett. They won that game 31-20. to 20. I get the feeling that Harbaugh's job is safe, even if he loses to Ohio State this year, and that's crazy to me. Yeah, what's weird is he loves this Don Brown guy, and Ohio State has hung, what, a 56-burger and a 62-burger on the – Yeah, Dr. 62, yeah. Dr. 62, and, you know, maybe their defense is good enough to win eight or nine games with that schedule, but uh, Ohio State has has proven uh, with the quarterbacks they've had, Haskins and – fields that they they can solve it like uh, you know like Aaron Kraft solving a Rubik's Cube uh, over pretty quickly so at any rate um, I'm interested to see what they do going forward um, I if they got rid of him I don't know who they hire I I, I don't know what you do because he is your uh, favorite son although some of the luster is off of him now th- this many years into it and so little to show for it um I don't know what you do uh, if, if it's not him, who it could be. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss to know. What about, what like, a, what, what about like a PJ Fleck or a Matt Campbell or, or someone like that? You think they would do well yeah, there? Maybe somebody with some new ideas is what they need because whatever it is he's trying to do is obviously not going to put them uh, back on top in the Big Ten. Maybe, maybe they try something different, but, you know, He's better than anybody they've had since Lloyd, uh, you know, much better than Rich Rod and, and Hoke, uh, consistently winning nine games, maybe eight, nine, ten in that range. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say, Dave. I, I think they've got uh, they got they've got to get back to recruiting better players and uh, coaching them up. And uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going to see a change in that direction anytime soon. Let's look at the Big Ten West. Do you think it's going to come down to Wisconsin and Minnesota like most people seem to think? And who do you think is going to win it? Do you feel like Purdue could be a dark, dark horse team? Maybe somebody else? Just break down the West for me, Steve. Yeah, the West always seems like it's Wisconsin's to lose. And, uh, you know, they just seem to be uh, this juggernaut that just runs roughshod on that division. Um, Jonathan Taylor is obviously gone, the 2,000-yard rusher at Wisconsin. Looks like uh, Cone, I guess, is back at quarterback for Wisconsin. So, um, you know, nine starters back on defense. Uh, they did a really good job against Ohio State the second time they played for at least a half in uh, stopping Ohio State. Held them to one touchdown in the first half. Um, and then uh, they were in position to win the Rose Bowl and, and blew it at the end. But, uh yeah, I think it's Wisconsin's to lose, but I think Minnesota, Iowa are probably just a half step back right there. Tanner Morgan, outstanding quarterback at Minnesota. Iowa's having all this internal strife right now with the coaching staff and the players kind of at loggerheads, and you just don't know, uh, you know, how that's going to come out of that. Are they going to uh, have a great season in, in response to all the offseason noise that has happened there? Purdue, um, Rondell Moore is coming back, and, and that should really help. And the quarterback as well. He missed uh, a good portion of the season as well. So 
I think that that should uh, help Purdue. Northwestern is getting Peyton Ramsey, who has thrown for a bunch of yards in three seasons at Indiana. And quarterback was a terrible – they had probably the worst power five quarterback situation in the country last year at Northwestern. Didn't have anybody that could do much of anything. You know, I'm looking at uh, Lindy's. They have Illinois seventh, and they were in a bowl game last year. And uh, I just think that there's going to be a lot of parity in that division. If, um, you know, if Wisconsin, depending on what the schedule looks like, I just don't know if they're going to run the table. Perhaps Minnesota had them at home last year and let them off the hook. And uh, Minnesota was playing for the division. And if they couldn't win that one, Dave, um, I don't know that they're going to go into uh, to Wisconsin, although they did two years ago, went in there and won. So I don't know. They kind of ambushed think, them in that one, though, because in yeah. two years ago, Wisconsin wasn't thinking Wisconsin much. wasn't as good. No. And, and they weren't <laughs> thinking much of Minnesota. Minnesota came yeah. in there and kind of saved their season with that, that win, and then they took it into last year. Yeah, I, I have mixed emotions about Minnesota because I feel like last year was their best chance. They lost Antoine yeah. Winfield, but they have, as you mentioned, they have Tanner Morgan back. They do have a lot of starters back. And I do like P.J. Fleck. He's eccentric, but, you know, I, I like him. Go ahead. I think I cut you off there. No, 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 no. I'm glad you did because you made a good point on that. Nebraska is a team we didn't really t- touch on. Uh, does Scott Frost, is he the magic man? Does he have the magic touch? Is he going to get Nebraska in contention again in the Big Ten? I mean, they they were, they won the division early or won a division early on in their Big Ten tenure, but have struggled ever since. So uh, that's going to be uh, – you know, losing J.D. Spielman is a killer for them because he was a difference maker. And I, I don't think I've ever heard where he's going to end up. I thought Minnesota might be a spot for him because his dad obviously – or adopted dad lives or works for the Vikings, Rick Spielman. So, I don't know. I just see the West, uh, maybe Northwestern and Illinois at the bottom will surprise some people and Purdue as well. But until otherwise we get other notification, I think it's Wisconsin to lose. Let's switch gears and talk about the basketball tournament. TBT is in Columbus. It's really cool. We have live basketball, and it's high-quality basketball here in Columbus with the basketball tournament. The defending champion is obviously the Ohio State alumni team, one of the Ohio State alumni teams now, Carmen's crew, led by Aaron Kraft and William Buford, who was the MVP last year, and David Lighty and John Diebler and Deshaun Thomas. It's so much fun seeing those guys play. Uh, Deshaun Thomas joining the team this year. They'll play on Wednesday, Steve, and they'll play against the House of Pain. That is the Illinois alumni team, and they have more than just Illinois players on that team, as does Carmen. Carmen's crew doesn't just have Ohio State players on it, former Ohio State players, but House of Pain, Illinois alumni. They have a name that some Buckeye basketball fans will remember, Mike Dom, who was the player of the year in the Summit Conference, three-time player of the year. Buckeyes played him in the first round of the tournament a few years ago. He is really good. He's a pro player over in Europe, and he was really good in House of Pain's win the other night. But anyway, Carmen's crew had the first round bye. They will play House of Pain on Wednesday here in Columbus. They have everybody just uh, quarantined here in Columbus uh, at the hotel, and they're living it up. But uh, it's just so much fun seeing high-quality basketball, Steve, and it's going to be fun seeing Carmen's crew on Wednesday. It is, and I think it's neat that these guys have maintained a bond. Uh, you know, obviously they were all from, you know, a lot of them were from different recruiting classes and, uh, you know, different times in the program. Uh, David Lighty uh, goes all the way back to that 2006 class, the Thad Five. Then you come up through and, and you have Evan Turner, who's helping out uh, coaching. 
John Diebler uh, is on this team, William Buford. Uh, as you mentioned, Deshaun Thomas was going to debut for these guys. He's been playing overseas for his entire professional career. I thought maybe he would have some NBA aspirations. I think he was a second-round draft pick by San Antonio in the 2013 NBA draft, and here it is seven years ago or seven years down the road, and he's primarily – I don't know if he ever played uh, in the in the G League, the D League, whatever it's called – Aaron Kraft has announced that this will be his last basketball event, and uh, he's hanging it up and moving on with his life. And uh, he's going to accomplish so much, I think, after basketball that, uh, you know, I think he wanted to give basketball for the past six years a shot. And I think he's realized that uh, he's probably taken it about as far as he's going to take it. And uh, so he and his family are going to move on from it. Uh, at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, these games will be on the ESPN networks, either ESPN or ESPN2. I don't know if they're doing any of them over on ESPNU or not, but Red Scare versus Big X. Red Scare is the Dayton alumni team. Big X is kind of a Big Ten alumni team coached by Andrew Dockich, who's a current staffer at Ohio State, and C.J. Jackson. And they won their first game on Saturday, 79-74, to uh, they defeated uh, D2, a team that was primarily a bunch of Division II guys from the mid-Atlantic area down in, in that part of the country. And, and that team actually led by as many as 15 points at one point. C.J. Jackson made the game winner. They had this Elam ending, obviously, where they turned the clock off inside the final four minutes and set a target score. They had eight points to the leading team score, and the first one to hit that target wins the game. And we saw there was a game yesterday, Men of Mackey was down, I think, 15 or more points. Uh, or They were actually down eight when the Elam ending began, and they outscored the opponent 16-2, to two, I think, during the Elam ending to win the game. So there can be some fantastic finishes. Four o'clock, Carmen's crew against House of Pain. That ought to be one heck of a game. House of Pain looked really good. So Carmen's crew, the defending champions, are going to be tested in their first game, and Jared Sullinger's the coach. And one other thing, Patrick Murphy and myself today will be conducting a Zoom call with uh, most of the guys from Carmen's crew. I think Sullinger, Turner, Kraft, Diebler, Thomas, and maybe one other will be participating in a, in a uh, conference call. So we're going to have some great features and some uh, great articles coming up uh, here today as those guys talk about their time at Ohio State and uh, what they've been doing in the interim professionally and uh, now the opportunity, uh, how they spent the uh, $2 million was the prize last year, how they uh, split that up and how they spent that money last year. And they're back after this year. The prize just $1 million, obviously, since there are no fans uh, to kind of pump the coffers this year. They backed it down to $1 million, but uh, – yeah, should be a lot of fun uh, following both those teams this week. Absolutely. Great stuff out of Steve Hellwagon. Really appreciate it, Steve. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you like the show, give us a five-star review. That really helps. If you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. That really helps as well. Thanks again to Steve, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.